glad you decided to join us for worship. If you'll stand with me, I'm going to pray over us before we jump in to praise. Lord, I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you that um, you inhabit the praise of your people, Father. I pray that this morning that our music, that the words that we say would not be noise, but that they would um, be as incense unto you, Lord. That they would that they would rise and be a pleasing fragrance to you, God. We worship you this morning in Jesus' name. Sing to you our hearts. To you our hearts are open.
just a moment. You know, there's a lot of fear going around the world today. Fears of wars, fears of things, and fear of lawlessness and things that's going on all around us. And a lot of times it'll get right under our skin and right close to our hearts. I think I have a word for you today. It's found in two passages, an Old Testament and also a New Testament passage, and I'm going to read them from the Amplified Version, but I want you to receive them as the Lord speaks to you. Do not fear anything, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured, I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand, a hand of justice, of power, of victory, of salvation. Isaiah 41, 10. This is Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, 
I will not, I will not in any way degree leave you, in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Father, we thank you that you're our security. You're our surety. Lord, I pray that we would stand in the boldness of the authority that you've given us to speak forth your love, your life, your truth to the world in which we live. Lord, we say to the spirit of fear, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Good morning, New Covenant Church. If this is your first time visiting with us in person or online, welcome. We're so glad that you've decided to worship with us today. At New Covenant Church, we invite all people in the communities where we live to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. You can learn more about NCC, become part of our church family, or join the volunteer team by going through our Connect class online or by attending one of the upcoming in-person classes. If you'd like to bless what God is doing through the ministries at NCC with your tithes and offerings, you can use the offering boxes or give online at newcovenantlampasses.com. If you've got any questions about what's going on here at NCC or want more information on how to get connected, please stop by the hub after the service. Again, we're so glad you're here with us this morning. Now let's open and prepare our hearts for the word. with us for worship, whether you're here in person or joining us online. Uh, we have one announcement. Uh, Pastor Daryl will be starting a new four-week class this evening at 6 p.m. on Covenant, and they will be meeting in our conference room back here. Uh, if you started attending the new class that started last week on spiritual warfare, uh, they started out in the conference room, but now they're moving uh, to the fellowship hall because of growth already in one, in one week. So we're excited about that. Uh, and if Pastor Joel's group grows beyond the conference room, we'll find another place that's bigger for that one to meet too. So, uh, But would invite you to attend one of those this evening. Before we get into the word, let's open with a word of prayer. Generally, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you that you have created this day, Lord, that you've blessed us with it and blessed us with another opportunity to seek and follow you. Lord, I pray that as we uh, seek your word and talk about your word, that your Holy Spirit would bring revelation to us, Lord, that you would bring uh, not only revelation, but transformation to our lives through the power of your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you were with us the last series that we just finished uh, on redemption, you know that the whole point of that series was that we would understand that redemption was for a purpose, that we were redeemed uh, or the, the path for redemption was made in order that we might be restored to our original relationship with God. And Jesus Christ made that way for us, for us to have that relationship. And if you know anything about relationships, which we, we all know something about relationships, uh, a relationship is a certain kind of connection with another person. And depending on the type of relationship we may have, it, it may be a very strong, intimate one. It may be a very limited, limited one. We all have relationships that we would call an acquaintance. But even an acquaintance relationship, there is a connection. Uh, a relationship may be had uh, over long distance, but uh, you know, in the past that might be through letters. Now we can FaceTime and see pictures or videos of us live as we have those relationships. And they're not as intimate as in-person relationships, but there's still that connection. And so the series that we're starting this morning is called In His Presence. Because we need to understand that to have a relationship with God, we need to spend time with him. Literally, in his 
presence. And we're going to take a look at two theological words this morning. Uh, You may know what they are. If not, I hope after this morning you'll have an understanding of them. Uh, But they both are related to God's presence. And the first one that we're going to look at is omnipresent. And this word omnipresent means presence in every place at the same time. Unbounded or universal presence. The ability to be at all places at the same time. And it says usually only attributed to God. I would say only attributed to God. This word wouldn't exist if it wasn't for God because nothing else is omnipresent. God's omnipresence is his attribute of being everywhere at once. And God is omnipresent even when we don't experience his presence. He's here right now. He's with us. We may not be able to feel him. You may not be hearing him right now. You can't see him. But nonetheless, he is here in his omnipresence. We also need to understand that God's omnipresence applies to each person of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we're going to take a quick look at this in Scripture. We'll start out by looking at God the Father. In Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 23 through 24, God the Father said these words. He says, Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. And obviously these are all rhetorical questions. God the Father fills heaven and earth. He is everywhere in the universe and he is also outside of it. His presence is boundless, uncontainable. And how about the Son? our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Galatians 2.20, the Apostle Paul wrote these words. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? The Word of God makes it very clear that Jesus Christ, after he ascended to heaven, sat at the right hand of God. But it also makes it very clear that not only he is in every believer, but we are also with him, seated in the heavens. How is that possible? He's omnipresent. Can we explain that? No. We don't understand. God is beyond our understanding and comprehension, but it is still true. The same is true of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 139, 7-8 says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. There's something about God's omnipresence that's very important for us to understand. And that's that the fact that God is omnipresent does not mean that non-believers or even us as believers will have a discernible encounter with him. While we may never recognize his presence, I do want to add that this world would be a very different place if God removed his presence entirely from us. It would literally be hell. The description of hell is God is not there. His presence is not there. We're forever removed from his presence for eternity. God is in this earth holding it together. We also need to understand that there's a big difference between God's omnipresence and us being actually aware of his presence. And that brings us to that second word. That when we become aware of God's presence, it's referred to 
manifest presence of God. And this word manifest means clearly apparent to the sight or understanding. It's obvious. It also means to show or demonstrate plainly or to reveal. So God's manifest presence makes his presence aware. It makes it apparent to us. It makes it obvious. He shows or demonstrates plainly to us that he is with us, and he literally reveals himself to us. God's manifest presence is the result of his interaction with us. We can encounter and experience him. We can have a relationship with him. It's literally the entire reason that Jesus Christ came and lived and died and rose again so that we might have a relationship with him. And it wasn't a new thing. It was God making the way for us to once again be able to have the relationship with us that he had always intended us to have. Let me show you in scripture. Revelation 21.3 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. God intended for his dwelling place to be with us. Even after the fall, the Bible records that each person of the Trinity made himself manifestly present many times throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. God the Father spoke to Moses through a burning bush in Exodus 3. God had always been with Moses. His omnipresence had always been with him. But when he found him on the other side, on the far side of the wilderness near Mount Horeb, he manifested himself in the burning bush. And encountered Moses. God the Son made himself manifest when he came in a physical body. John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was manifest to the believers in the upper room. Acts 2, 2 through 4 says, And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The manifest presence of the Holy Spirit came into the room as tongues of fire And not only did it come into the room or he come into the room, but then it says he came upon them and then he came into them and abided in them, dwelled within them. Now we might all be willing to agree uh, with our intellect this morning that God is omnipresent. But that doesn't mean that we've experienced his presence in a manifest way. Just because God's omnipresence is a reality doesn't change the fact that most people on this planet have no sense or understanding of God's actual presence. They feel he's distant. They feel he's not close or that he doesn't exist at all. And that feeling becomes their perceived reality. It may be your perceived reality. But when we become aware of God's manifest presence, we become aware of his presence through actual experience. And if you have experienced that, no one can convince you otherwise. Did you know at times God even made his manifest presence known to unbelievers? In the Old Testament, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire, everyone that was present saw a fourth man. In Daniel chapter 3, it says that when King Nebuchadnezzar saw that, he said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. We believe that that fourth man was Jesus Christ himself before he came. The whole point of God's manifest presence is that our awareness of him is awakened. 
the fact that we are in his presence becomes unmistakable. Believers always have had the Holy Spirit within them. The Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit dwells within believers. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. The Holy Spirit will not be taken from us. He is our comforter and our helper until Jesus Christ returns. But the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is not the same as the Holy Spirit's manifest presence. Again, if you've experienced that, you know the difference. All believers go through times when we don't feel his presence. We may not even feel like we're saved sometimes. We go through periods where we're unaware from the Holy Spirit's presence or the presence of God or Jesus Christ within us. But then there are times when that same indwelling spirit visits us in a special way, in a manifest way. He may speak to us in our spirit or through another brother or sister in Christ. He may meet us in a special way as we pray. It could be a supernatural hunger that he puts in our heart to study his word. And as you read the word of God, he brings it to life. As Jesus said, he was going to send him to us that he might reveal all truth to us. Any revelation that we have of truth is from the Holy Spirit. It may be that it's an indescribable or uncomprehendable feeling of peace. You could have a peace when there's no reason for you to have peace. That is the Holy Spirit making himself manifest. The Holy Spirit is not limited in how he can reveal himself. But the point is that he will make himself known to us if we seek him. So should we trust and believe in God's omnipresence even when we don't feel like he's around us? Absolutely. God, who cannot lie, says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He is always present with us in his omnipresence. But should we also seek God's manifest presence? Absolutely. I'm not saying that we should rely on our feelings or that we should always seek to see a sign, but we were created to be in his presence. We should seek to be in his presence. We read earlier in Revelation 21.3 that the dwelling place of God is with man. That is the way that he intended it. When everything is done in the end, God will dwell with us and we will be his people. But that isn't just the way God intended creation to end. It's the way God intended it to be from the beginning of creation. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, we see that God was manifestly present with Adam and Eve, both before the fall and here we see his interaction with him at the fall. Verse 8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. God was manifestly, physically present with them. And the man and his wife hid themselves. What did they hide themselves from? From the presence of the Lord God. They hid among the trees of the garden, but the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Adam and Eve knew the sound of God's presence. They were reacting because of their relational experience with him, not just on that day, but previous days. And because at that point they were ashamed of their sin and nakedness, they hid from his presence. The whole work of God since the fall, the reason that he made a way for our redemption was to undo the tragic effects of our rebellion to him to make a way for us to come back to him and once again be able to have an eternal relationship with him. 
Throughout the Old Testament, God would choose to make his manifest presence known. He also chose to make his manifest presence known in a very special way, both in the tabernacle and in the temple. Exodus 40, 34 through 35 describes what happened after Moses and the people finished building the tabernacle to the very specific specifications that God had given them. And when they finished, it says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. God's manifest presence dwelled in what was called the Holy of Holies. It was behind a veil and only the high priest could enter there and he could only enter there once a year and then only with a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice to atone for his sins and the sins of the people. And on that day, after that sacrifice, he could go in to the Holy of Holies where the actual presence of God dwelled. And then in 1 Kings 8, 10 through 11, they finished a permanent temple. Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem. And once again, we see God's manifest presence take up residence again. And when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Once again, God's manifest presence filled the temple. The priests couldn't even stand in his presence because of his glory. Habakkuk 2.20 proclaims, But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. That word silence means also silent, that we should keep silent in his presence and also to be still. Most of us are familiar with the passage that says, be still and know that I am God. The greatest fact of the tabernacle and the temple was that God was there. The presence of God was there. In the holy of holies, God dwelled there. And he was waiting within that veil, separated from every, everyone, where the, for the time that the, holy, uh, that the time would come, that one time a year when the priest, the high priest, could enter the holy of holies and interact with him and his presence. And then 2,000 years ago, an absolutely amazing thing happened. After Jesus was crucified, it's recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that the veil in the temple, the veil that separated us, all humanity, from the holy of holies, from the very presence of God, was torn in two from top to bottom. Matthew 27, 51 says, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The rending of that veil opened the way for every worshiper of God, every believer in the world, to come by a new and living sacrifice, Jesus Christ, into the very presence of God, the manifest presence of God. God's will is that we would all come into his presence and live our whole life there, now and into eternity. The manifest presence of God is the central fact of Christianity. At the heart of the Christian message is God himself is waiting for his redeemed children to push through into a conscious awareness of his manifest presence. He wants a relationship with us. He's done everything on his part to make that possible. It's on us whether we're going to have a relationship with him. We often talk about our belief in Jesus Christ and how it will save us. 
how it ensures that one day we'll be with him in heaven. But we focus very little on our current need to experience God's presence now. He made a way for our relationship to be restored now. And it's a sad thing that for the most part, we spend very little time, if any at all, concerned about the absence of any personal experience, any personal relationship with God himself. How can we not be concerned that his manifest presence is missing or almost always missing from our lives? 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? There's a reason that I went into detail on God's manifest presence taking up residence in both the tabernacle and the temple. There's a reason that I describe the Holy Spirit making his manifest presence known in the upper room, coming like tongues of fire, uh, setting himself upon them, and then literally entering them and filling them. It's because of this passage. Do you not know that you are God's temple? That God's spirit dwells in you. That he will let that fire, that presence that was dwelling only in the Holy of Holies, only in the tabernacle, only in the temple, only a place that the high priest through sacrifice could go in once a year. That that presence, that manifest presence now can come into us and dwell in a temple not made by hands of men, but by God himself. And that the way that that can happen is through Jesus Christ, the redeeming factor that's already been done. And we can receive it and he will come. But we have to seek him. The word says with our whole heart, with all of our strength, with everything within us. How could we not? In a totally separate study, I've been coming across the jealousy of God. The Bible says God is a jealous God. And we would say, well, how, you know, we see that as a negative attribute. But how could God have a negative attribute? Well, it's not negative for him. He is a jealous God. We are his. He created us. We belong to him. He created us originally to be in relationship with him. We walked away and now he's done everything he can to get us back. And he's jealous when we choose something else. There is no higher thing that we could set ourselves to seek after than God himself. And literally everything else is a lower thing. Yet how often do we choose the lesser thing? The idol, the lust, the sin, the temptation. We put thing after thing after thing in front of him. And the word of God says God is jealous. He will have no one else above him. We're choosing something or someone else. But God has only chose one thing, us. He wants to be in relationship with us. He wants us to be the place that he dwells. But we have to make him our only desire. We're going to close with Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. You know, God's presence is an easy thing to talk about. The Bible is an easy thing to talk about. Theology is an easy thing to talk about. Prayer is an easy thing to talk about. Seeking after God is an easy thing to talk about. It's a whole other thing to do it. To follow him, to seek him, 
It's easy to say the words we're supposed to seek after him with all of our heart, strength, soul, and mind, with everything within us. It's easy to say it. It's a whole other thing to do it. And we can't do it on our own. It's not about works. It's not about us doing it through our own strength. It's about us admitting that we're totally incapable, that we need Jesus Christ. We need the Holy Spirit. And we need the Father to take up residence in the temple that he created. The Bible says we can walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh, not by our own strength or by our power, but by the Spirit. Hebrews 10, 19, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place, that's talking about the holy of holies, by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, through that veil that separated us, that is through his flesh, the very flesh of Jesus Christ. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, then let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Come with boldness into the presence of God. Come with repentance at His righteousness and holiness. We can seek Him. And if we do, we will find Him. Our ministry teams are available for prayer, but the response this morning is just to come. Just come seek Him with everything that you have, with everything that you are. Dearly Father, God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, not only for your omnipresence, but for your manifest presence. Lord, your word says that you made us in your image. You made us from the very beginning with the ability to be with you and you with us. Lord, and we rebelled and we broke that, but Lord, you fixed it. You made a way that you could come live with us again. You could dwell in us again. God, we ask this morning that your manifest presence come. Lord, dwell within the temple of our heart, Lord. Father, if Jesus needs to come into our life throwing over tables in the temple and whipping out vendors, Lord, then let him come and do that judgment now. Clean the temple of our heart today while there's time that you might make it worthy of a place to dwell in. Let us repent. Fill us with your spirit, the ability to seek you with everything that we have. Carry us, Lord. Respond to him this morning.
seek you with all that we are, with everything that we have. Father God, I believe that the whole body of Christ is tired of of talking about it. We won't want to talk about your presence any longer. We won't experience it. I don't want to talk to people about seeking you. I want to seek you. Or I want to see the body of Christ seeking you. Father, I don't want to talk about healing, Lord. I want to see people healed. Or I don't want to talk about brokenness or mental disease, Lord. I want to see brokenness made whole and mental disease healed in the name of Jesus Christ. God, all these things happen when you're present. Lord, we want to live lives that demonstrate that only by your power, only by your presence could they be accomplished. Father, when Moses was in your presence, he literally came down glowing. Father God, I pray that your presence would fill the temple of the body of Christ's hearts, Lord, so much so that wherever we go, Lord, both believers and non-believers alike would know that they are in your presence, not ours. Father, you would give us the boldness to go into the darkest places, taking your light, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Lord, the truth of redemption, of the life of Jesus Christ. Father, we ask that your kingdom would come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. this city, in this state, in this nation, and in your body. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The ministry teams will continue to be available. You're welcome to continue to stay in his presence. Tonight you're dismissed. God bless you and have a good week.